ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners. Welcome to the 195th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly column expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. But today, I start with the event of the week that I attended, which was Tom Brady speaking last night at Salem State University up here in Massachusetts. And it was really a surreal evening, to put it mildly. Uh, Brady was speaking as part of the Salem State Speaker Series, which they've had for years. Uh, But they certainly get uh, extra credit for timing. Uh, Because, of course, he spoke last night, the day after the Wells report was issued, where he was implicated and so it just led to uh, a surreal evening a frenzy of activity I got there about two hours ahead of the beginning of the event which was 7:30 Eastern last night traffic was already crazy in and around the uh, arena where they had the uh, talk which sat about 4,000 people it was a full house, banged out within minutes after it was announced a couple of months ago. A couple of months ago that Brady would be the speaker, and again the timing was just total coincidence with the coming the day after the Wells report, and media completely ringed the multi-square block area, parking lot, and arena, uh, camera crews everywhere. Um, people pulling into the parking lot were basically tailgating, uh, like they would before a football game. So it was just an absolute wild scene. There was reports of media trying to buy tickets for up to $500, uh, from the people who had tickets. And, uh, so it was just, again, an unbelievable evening. Uh, as you probably know by now, uh, Brady addressed it immediately. Interviewer Jim Gray, uh, his first question, of course, was about the deflate gate situation. And Brady simply stated, you know, that he didn't have any reaction. It had only been about 30 hours and he hadn't had much time to digest the report. But when he did, he would then speak about it. So, uh, but it was an entertaining evening, hour and a half. Brady touched on many, many subjects, as you can well imagine. Uh, after Deflate Gate, uh, which started, of course, the evening, 
And uh, the crowd was, you know, as you would well expect, uh, super pro-New England. It was really like uh, Brady Palooza, shall we say. And uh, it was really just something to see. I mean, you know, to say they were supportive would be an understatement. Uh, as Brady walked into the arena, and even before then, uh, the crowd was chanting, Brady, Brady, and MVP, MVP. Uh, the SRO, standing room only crowd, gave him a standing O, standing ovation. And uh, so it was truly Patriot Nation uh, showing their love for TB12. Um, this story is just incredible. It's leading, leading the national news. There is just, again, a, a frenzy around it. Uh, that is at an epic, epic level. Uh, you know, just to put it mildly, it's the biggest story in America uh, since Wednesday when it came out the day after the AFC Championship game. It was the biggest story in America then. So it's just uh, truly just incredible to witness. And again, there was no better place to witness it last night than Salem State University. They handled the situation beautifully with uh, what I'm sure was a crazy 36 hours or so leading into the event uh, after the release of the Wells Report on Wednesday at around 1 o'clock. And uh, again, you know, so many event staff, policemen, you know, security, uh, just an absolute epic frenzy surrounding this event. And they've had, you know... Literally everybody from Bill Clinton to Colin Powell um, to even Bill Belichick as previous speakers in their speaker series. And uh, one thing's for sure, they've never had a night like last night. No doubt about that. And uh, so, again, really, really fascinating to cover and to be there. Brady was his usual California cool self. And uh, just an entertaining evening all around, uh, to put it mildly. So my highlight of the week was uh, when I got home, watching the Chicago Blackhawks sweep out the talented Minnesota Wild. Uh, it was surprising. It really was the fact that they swept them. Uh, the Wild are a good team. But the Blackhawks, boy, uh, you know, they're starting to remind me a lot of like the San Francisco Giants winning three of the last five World Series that, you know, they are really continue to just show their championship timber. Uh, it's becoming must-see TV watching the Blackhawks. I mean, they're, they're just, uh, they've already won two Stanley Cups in recent years. Uh, Patrick Kane back from his shoulder injury is playing like he's never played before. And that's saying something because he has been arguably the best player in the league, especially when it comes to playoff time. So it is, uh, fascinating to watch this team. It really is. Uh, they know how to get it done uh, at crunch time and can't wait to see where they take it from here. Uh, the other series that, uh, you know, I'm very interested in, and really all of them, I mean, Tampa Bay, 
Uh, gave it up last night to Montreal when they had a chance to sweep it. But uh, Montreal showed up, won in Tampa 6-2. So see what happens up in, uh, in Montreal in Game 5. And then, of course, uh, here on the East Coast, Rangers Capitals is, uh, you know, up here in the Northeast Corridor. Big series. Uh, the Capitals up 3-1, and it looks like uh, they may finally break through. And uh, so, yeah, good stuff. As I always like to say, Stanley Cup postseason playoffs is the best thing in all the sports. It's just amazing. My low light from last night was A-Rod passing Willie Mays on the all-time home run list. Uh, he tied him up here at Fenway Park in Boston last Friday night. It was awkward then. It was awkward last night when he passed him. And uh, I just find the whole, the whole situation, as I'm sure baseball does, to be really, uh, you know, a squirmer, a seat squirmer, and just awkward for all involved, including A-Rod. It's just weird. And speaking of weird, my bizarre story of the week was, of course, the fight of the century and its aftermath. Uh, my take on the whole thing, and I watched it at a local uh, sports bar, is simply that it was a good event, but it was a bad fight. Boxing in general was just bizarre. You know, like many of you, I grew up with it, loved it. Just seeing some of the, you know, rules as I'm watching it on pay-per-view uh, just reminded me that I haven't thought about this stuff in, you know, a couple of decades, which is really sad because it was such a cool sport growing up. But anyway, uh, you know, speaking of pay-per-view, I mean, there were signal issues. Uh, some people lost their signal where I watched it, lost it for just a brief moment, but it wasn't pretty when it went out for a split second. Uh, but other people had it much, much worse, including in the Philippines, where Pacquiao's from. Um, then there's Pac Pacquiao's injury, which he announced post-fight and I guess had surgery uh, this you know, just the other day, it was pronounced as successful. Uh, the sport is so crazy, you don't even know what to believe. You know, you know, it's like I, I read that he, you know, had an injury or, you know, even had surgery and you, you really, you know, boxing pushes the envelope of literally believability. Uh, the injury spurred some lawsuits that are now floating around out there, class action lawsuits that viewers were duped who paid a hundred bucks to watch it. And then at first, Mayweather said he would do a rematch and then come out, I guess, yesterday and said, you know, he wouldn't and had not so kind words for Manny Pacquiao. So boxing as a sport is bizarre. And last night's, last week's, excuse me, fight and its aftermath were absolutely bizarre. And I'm sure it'll get more bizarre from here. So now... As my former co-host, Lee Mont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. It's fabulous weather here in South Alabama, about 80 degrees, bright and sunny. Ah, sounds wonderful. Uh, we also have weather that's uh, pretty close to that. It's in the 70s, but it is uh, it's special. Special weather. We've had a great week, and... Another great week ahead, so winter's finally, finally, finally over up here in New England, and it just, uh, everybody's just getting out, uh, you know, like bears out of hibernation, trust me, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Still recovering, shall we say. <laughs> so, AP, I was, uh, start off the show by talking about uh, having the privilege uh, of uh, attending and covering last night's Tom Brady Speaker Series event with Jim Gray at Salem State University up here near Boston. And uh, it was just a wild evening. There's no other way to say it. It was surreal, you know, from media reportedly attempting to scalp tickets from those who held them for t- prices up to $500 right up to, you know, Crazy traffic two hours before the event, uh, you know, news media literally surrounding the perimeter of the arena and the parking lot, people in the parking lot, uh, you know, with tailgating, <laughs> you know, 530 at night. That was weird. 530 at Thursday night in the parking lot at Salem State College, uh, you know, People wearing, I mean, super supportive of Brady, as you would well imagine, chanting 
MVP and Brady, Brady, as he walked into the arena, it was just uh, truly something to behold, to say the least. Uh, Salem Strait gets extra credit for timing <laughs> with this event. They planned it. They planned it months ago, and lo and behold, it comes out. You know, it occurs. You know. 30 hours after the Wells report comes out. So how's that for timing? Yeah, I mean, John, they, they, they won the media lottery, I guess. They won the media so, lottery. It, That's exactly that right. Coming up, you know, that, that appearance, I mean, I think it's probably rare that Tom Brady, uh, you know, participates in those types of events. I don't know that, but how they were able to, to convince him to come to that school uh, somebody should get a raise. Exactly. It is rare. I know that for a fact that for Brady to do events like this, but the speaker series, uh, it's, you know, has quite a history. Uh, Salem Strait University is, you know, it's a player. It's a great place. Uh, I've actually been a guest lecturer there. I've known a professor there for many, many years who brings me in from time to time, but the previous speakers of this long-running series include Bill Clinton, <laughs> start there, Colin Powell, <laughs> Bill Belichick. But I guarantee you, uh, they've never had a night like last night. That's for darn sure, and they would be the first to say so. Right. In other words, you can measure the, the amount of people in the, uh, the facility and the people that were outside, but probably none of them had a helicopter. Exactly, but uh, Brady arrived by helicopter. Interesting, you would mention right. that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, but uh, I, I'm sure it was very interesting, and and his his comments. Everybody was probably on the edge of their seat waiting to hear his responses. They were, you know, and you know Jim Gray, who you know knows his way around an interview. That's for sure. Let's not forget he's the guy who got LeBron to say he was quote taking his talents to South Beach. Uh, but Jim Gray, you know, tough, tough questioner. But and he and Brady apparently, you know, have quite a uh, quite a long relationship, which I didn't know until last night. Uh, I guess Brady, uh, they made a reference to they talk all the time. I guess Gray might have some type of a show that Brady appears on regularly. Was my uh, take on it. But anyway, um, you know, Brady uh, Gray immediately just said, you know, let's get right to the elephant in the room and. Uh, Brady, you know, basically said that, you know, he didn't have any reaction. It's only been about 30 hours since the report. Hadn't had much time to digest it, but when he did, he would talk about it. And, uh, you know, he had a couple follow-up questions. Gray did. And, and pretty much that was about that. I don't think that was a surprise to anybody. It certainly wasn't to me. Yeah, no, I, I think when somebody personally attacks you, and you have 30 hours to reflect and think of a, your game plan when you're going to appear in public, I would think you'd have more to say than Tom Brady did last night. But he had some, like, media, you know, people talking to the media on his behalf, his agent and his dad. So, I don't know, I, I think it was some... I, I kind of found it disingenuous that he just said, I only had 30 hours because if somebody's attacking you. I mean, he's a competitor. He's the ultimate competitor, right, Tom Brady? And, and he didn't have very much to say. I just found it uh, uh, not believable. 
Yeah, well, one thing's for sure, he would have never found a friendlier audience uh, to say something in front of than he did last night. I mean, this was Patriots Nation at its all-time height, and, you know, as we know, you lived in Connecticut, you know, no one circles the wagons like New Englanders when one of their own is under fire, i.e. Yeah. Belichick in 2007 in Spygate, and, and <laughs> I will never forget the cheer for Belichick at Gillette Stadium for his first game back, uh, you know, at the height of Spygate. And last night was, you know, a vivid reminder of, of that. Uh, and again, just back to the, my point that, you know, New Englanders, you, you know, I mean, people were wearing shirts last night saying, you know, they hate us because they ain't us and all that. I mean, it's like <laughs> defiance. And you know this. You li- you you lived here. You're a New Englander. You you totally get it. I you know, know it. It's, and it's the classic thing about New Englanders is, is of course you know it's okay for us to say something about our people, but don't anyone else dare say something about our people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's that "don't tread on me" attitude. It's definitely uh, the, definitely the feeling that people have in New England. That, you know, they don't want anybody taking a shot at one of their own and. And Tom Brady, I don't know if there's a bigger superstar that's been up in New England. They have some fabulous ones, you know, Larry Bird and, you know, just Stremski and all those type of people. But Tom Brady, to bring home all those Super Bowls and put that franchise on the map, the NFL map, uh, I don't know if there's anybody that can surpass him. Yeah, he's absolutely on the Mount Rushmore, and he may be literally – you know, at the top of the mountain now, um, you know, after this last Super Bowl victory, because, you know, and you named a couple. I mean, Larry Bird and Bill Russell and Ted Williams and Yaz and you Bobby, know, Orr, Bobby, right? Bobby, Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr. I mean, that that is the Mount Rushmore right there. And, you know, if I had to pick my four, it would be, you know, Brady, Bird, Ted Williams and Bobby Orr, and I think there's you know, a lot of people would agree with that. And it's, and it's tough to leave off Bill Russell, so you know it, it, it's quite a Mount Rushmore. It might have to go more than four. Yeah, yeah, that's the way it is. Yeah, it's, it's definitely more than more than four because it, those are legendary figures, and each and every one of them had fabulous careers, and you know reached way beyond the New England area. Way beyond, to say the least. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're both media people. I mean, I've got to say, AP, I don't know that I ever remember, you know, a story quite like this. I mean, when it was going on in the aftermath of the AFC Championship game, when Deflategate broke, I mean, it was leading the national news, uh, ABC, CBS, you know, and NBC evening news, uh, biggest story in the nation easily. And here it was again. I tuned in on Wednesday night to all three and DVR'd them and there it was again, you know, and I don't even have to know. I mean, I was obviously out last night, but I don't even have to guess that it was again the lead story. It was broadcast live in New England. I mean, by one of the local channels, at least one, one that I'm aware of, but maybe others. Uh, you know, it's just, I don't know that I've ever seen anything quite like it. Uh, you know, the the legs on this story are just incredible. Yeah, no, I mean, it's the talk of the league, actually, John, as you know. And, I mean, for the top quarterback, maybe maybe of all time, 
to be suspended next season for a number of games, that, that's a huge story. I mean, I just can't recall in the history of the league where they were going to suspend the top quarterback. I just I can't recall it. Yeah, and I can't really re- recall it. It was technically before my time, or at least my awareness, but, you know, the, the one... The, the famous suspension that came to mind is, you know, Paul Horning. And I was just a kid, and I mean a little kid when that happened, but I have a little bit of memory of it, you know, but in reading about it in later years, you know, that that was a big deal, and it's very simple. I mean, if ever, they are literally the two golden boys. That is their nicknames. Um, you know, it's a, not a coincidence, but Pete Rozelle suspended Paul Horning for, I think, gambling associations back in 63 or thereabouts. And he also suspended Alex Karras, nowhere near the big name, but nonetheless, uh, big enough. But then, then there was the Joe Namath thing. I know Joe Namath, I think, was suspended or was threatened if he didn't sell Bachelors 3. So, you know, there's a little bit of precedent. But, you know, in this day and age, it's different with Twitter and Facebook and just social media, the number of outlets the frenzy that was produced last night could never have been previously done ever. What I saw when I pulled into that parking lot was stunning. I mean, stunning. I've been to Super Bowls and many a big sports event, but don't know that I've ever seen anything quite like I saw last night, given the setting. Yeah, that story's going to continue, John, until they find out the outcome of the. Uh of the ruling, you know, how, how many games he might be suspended. I, I, I suppose he, he will be. I, I would suspect. Wouldn't you? It's impossible to predict, you know. Yeah. It just is impossible to predict. I, I don't have a clue. I don't know that anybody else does either. I really, really don't. Certainly everybody is waiting with bated breath, uh, myself included. Um, so, you know, we shall see. I mean... Uh, as you know, I'm a Patriot season ticket holder. I live 20 minutes from Gillette Stadium. <laughs> I'm certainly looking forward to the banner-raising opener against the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially since I grew up near Pittsburgh and covered the Steelers. So, you know, to say I have a vested interest as both a fan and a media member and and beyond is, you know, an understatement. So, yeah, I, I mean, everybody's just, you know, again, on pins and needles waiting to hear it's going to be one of the again that will be the next big thing to put it mildly and that may be the biggest thing of all i mean again the week after the afc title game and the last two days have been you know as big a sports story as i can recall in recent memory but yet uh if and when discipline is handed down that could trump everything yeah, like you say, I, I, that's the only name that comes up in my mind is Paul Horning, that, that golden boy name and played at Notre Dame, has a trophy winner, that type of thing. Uh, I, I can't remember any, anybody even close, you know, except the Joe Namath uh, situation where he had to sell Bachelors 3, but this is something in this era that all oh, this generation, this is a first-time uh, situation, so... When Tom Brady, you know, he, he's the, the poster boy for the league. And Absolutely. Roger Goodell, you know, and Roger Goodell, his main point of emphasis all the time is the integrity of the game. 
And exactly. uh, I don't know what, what it, I don't know what else you know what attacks the game more than tampering with the football itself. It brings in all the elements that have been so topical over the past year. It just brings them all in into one, you know, super high profile situation. And, uh, you know, the world waits. Anyway, so we shall see. But in the meantime, uh, it's time to take our break. And, uh, you know, a lot more to get to, of course, uh, after the break. Lots going on in the sports world, to say the least. Uh, but for now, uh, we'll get to it after our break. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on twitter find us at voice america trn or twitter.com forward slash voice america trn You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we just talked a little Tom Brady and football, and we're going to stick with football, no surprise, since it's year-round now. And when last we spoke before today was last Friday when you told all of our listeners about being out at the uh, NFL draft in Chicago. Uh, we, of course, discussed Thursday night, given it's our, we do the show on Friday. But you stuck around after the show, uh, so I'd love to just get some more of your thoughts on uh, how the rest of the NFL draft went for you. Yeah, John, I was there primarily, you know, cover Landon Collins from Alabama, the safety who, who was invited to the draft. And he he was projected probably as a lower first-round choice. 
but the first round ended on Thursday, and he was not selected. <clears throat> so in that instance, the player has to make a decision. Do I stay around for the second day to get my chance to be drafted, or do I want to go home and just kind of lick my wounds if, that's, if, if it really affects you that much? Well, Landon, he chose to go home, and <clears throat> the next day, the first name off the board, the New York Giants, traded their pick and two other selections to move up in the draft. And Landon Collins was the first name off the board. And he so he missed the opportunity to walk across the stage and shake hands with the commissioner and have that moment that he would be able to share with his children and grandchildren. So I, I always think it's, it's wise to stay that second day because I've seen former Alabama players like Courtney Upshaw, he Drafted on the first day, he stayed, and he walked across the stage the next day, and so he has that memory. But Landon, for various reasons, chose to go home. So I was a little bit disappointed he did not stay and have his moment. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Um, you know, too bad for him, but you know, timing is everything, and I can certainly uh, you know appreciate where he was coming from, but, uh, you know, he wasn't alone. There was a lot of people, including picks one and two, who were not, you know, who did not do the stage thing. Jameis and Marcus Mariota, of course, stayed home, uh, as you well know, to be with family for when they were announced as the first and second selection by Commissioner Roger Goodell. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, Landon, of course, you, you know, did it for different reasons, and yeah, it's inter- you know, it's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it or looked at that viewpoint before, but uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough decision. Yes, it is, and I mean, and I'm sure his, his feelings were hurt that he wasn't drafted in the first round. You know, it, it's a combination of your feelings and your your competitive level. You know, that that's all comes to uh, to a head when you're in that moment. You want to be one of the first players selected. In the draft, you want to be one of the first defensive players. Well, come to find out, Landon actually was the first strong safety taken in the draft. There was a a free safety taken, uh, I think it was from Arizona, but Landon actually was the first player selected at that position. So he could have, you know, that was a moment he could have celebrated. Correct. Yes, it would have been indeed. Um... in, in Alabama, they had um, uh, three players in this draft, John, who were the first at their position. Um, wow. I'm not sure if that's a record, but uh, it was Amari Cooper. That was the first time in school history. Uh, Jalston Fowler was the first fullback. I think that was the fourth round. And he tied Ron McLean some years ago, taken by, I think it was the Ravens. Uh, and then uh, Landon Collins. This year, so it's three players out of the seven total drafted were at the top of the board at their position. That's interesting. Yeah, um, I'm always amazed when I hear things like first time in history for Alabama. You know, like when they had their first Heisman Trophy winner a few years back, Mark Ingram, I right. believe it was. You right. know, because right. I just you know assume that you know these things have happened before, given the spectacular history of their program and Bear Bryant and the like. Right. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, they had stars through the years, but it's been so much a team-oriented 
program. You, you don't hear there, some of these guys, they don't get to have the you know, colossal statistics, you know, these supersonic numbers that some of these guys accumulate at various programs around the country. Uh, one other interesting thing, uh, when uh, T.J. Yeldon was interviewed about his selection in the draft and his placement, he he just said, you know, I'm so happy to have an opportunity. He didn't dwell on the uh, placement in the draft, but the opportunity. So I thought that was very refreshing. Yes, absolutely. It sounds like. Uh, so, yeah, so how is the dynamic on, like, you know, Friday as opposed to Thursday? Because, you know, we've yeah, both there been there. People, yeah, there was a few people, John, who stayed around. You know, Randy Gregory, the pass rusher from Nebraska. And so things kind of moved more quickly. And but, but there was a lot of fans that wanted to be there because that was the first time I was in Chicago in 50 years. So it was quite a crowd, and uh, even before the that afternoon, I, I went just walking around the park across the street. They had each team had a tent, and that was uh, fun to visit and see what was in, inside and who was representing the teams. And uh, it was massive all the displays they had. So I really enjoyed that part of it. Just walking around, it was a beautiful day. It's probably 70, 75 degrees right there on Lake Michigan. So, but but in, inside it was it was crowded and and the folks who really seemed to enjoy hosting the event. Right, Grand Park, right? Grand Park, right? Yeah, it's kind of a legendary place. Le- Le- sure I, took the took the word right out of my mouth. Legendary, of course. Uh, 1968 Democratic Convention, of course, and much much more to put it mildly. Uh, yeah, I mean. Clearly, you know, I wasn't there, you were, but, you know, but, and we've both been to New York to the draft before, but, you know, my sense is certainly that just with the new venue and the new city, it brought an amazing energy to the whole draft weekend. Uh, you know, Chicago really stepped up, is my impression. Oh, oh yeah, they did a wonderful job hosting, hosting the NFL draft, and I'm, I'm sure they'll to get another opportunity down down the road. Yeah, well, it was interesting in that, you know, it hadn't been held there since the 60s, but the fact is it had been held there. So there is there was a history, and, you know, Chicago's a great city, to say the least. Friendliest people you'd ever want to find in a big city, and, uh, you know, so it was just a perfect choice, especially, again, since they had hosted it before. And uh, I guess Radio City's undergoing some renovations that may take a while and uh so yeah we'll see what happens uh next but certainly chicago did itself well to say the least oh yeah they sure did and and another point i wanted to bring out john i think it was 14 wide receivers taken in the first couple rounds wow that's amazing especially because you know last year was considered one of the great wide receiver drafts of all time, and now to follow it up with that kind of a number is remarkable. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I mean, they just kept coming off the board, and and uh, I was kind of astounded how many were taken the first couple of rounds. It, it was there were so many there's so many talented receivers. I mean, you take some someone like, for instance, uh, Doriel Green Beckham. You know, had all those questions question marks. He was taken in the second round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's obviously reflective of, you know, 
how the college game has changed. And, you know, uh, I mean, you and I both watch a lot of college games on any given Saturday or uh, well beyond that, you know. You sit there, you're, you're flipping around watching this game and that game, and, you know, you're just seeing receiver after receiver at every level of college football truly doing remarkable things. And, oh, by the way, the same with quarterbacks. You know, you're just watching these, you know, uh, high-scoring games that are just uh, enjoyable to watch, to, to say the least. I mean, never a dull moment, and that's made its way clearly into the draft, obviously. Yeah, I was surprised uh, where some of the quarterbacks were picked, John. Um, the quarterback from UCLA, I think, was with the fifth round or something like that. I was surprised it didn't go a little higher. Yeah, Brett Hundley, is it? Right, right. I was, yeah. I was surprised he lasted so long. Exactly. Now, who was the third quarterback chosen after, of course, that, Jameis Winston yeah. and Marcus Mariota. Was it the guy from uh, like Colorado or something? Colorado State? Yeah, it was Co- Colorado State, right. Yeah, he, uh, Jim McElwain was his coach out there for a couple of years. The new coach um, in Florida. The, the third, the third, yeah, coach of, new coach of Florida. And he was chosen chosen by the Saints. In some, I, I don't think they'd selected a quarterback that high in a long time, maybe like Archie Mang or some ridiculous thing. It was, it was unusual. Quite, quite, to say the least. Um, it's always an evolving process. And, you know, at the end of the day, and we talked about this last night, you know, running back seems to have uh, reasserted itself as, you know, uh, you know, a premier position again with two first-round draft picks after having been a number of years since there was a first-round draft pick. And uh, so, yeah, it's, um, you know, the draft is just reflective of the college game and, and, and below that and how it's just evolving and, you know, quarterbacks and wide receivers are clearly, uh, you know, dominating the game these days. What else can you say? Yeah. John, the, the Jets came up with, I thought a nice choice in Bryce Petty in the fourth round from Baylor. Yes, I agree. Interesting pick for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, of course, in that Baylor system, you have to make the transition. It's completely different playing in the pros. But I think he's a player that can can do you know do some good for the New York Jets. I mean, the the quarterback situation is tenuous at best. With um, you know, the, the, you know who they have there now. So hopefully, Bryce Petty in a couple of years can maybe take over the control of that that, that position. Oh, yeah. At minimum, uh, he's the kind of guy you want on your roster uh, with tremendous upside. I mean, he could be a star, no doubt about it. He certainly, you know, did some remarkable things in college. And, you know, there's that chance that he could do the same in the pros. You just never know. Uh, Witness Tom Brady, pick 199. Need I say more? Yeah, yeah. Big arm, big strong kid. So I I think that's a good selection. And, And the Jets overall had a good draft. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Very interesting draft. They got, you know, Leonard Williams, uh, who many thought was the best player in the draft, period, from USC, the defensive tackle. So you can never go wrong with, uh, you know, someone on the defensive line. As as I always like to say, uh, you know, the Steelers began their dynasty by drafting Mean Joe Green, Chuck Knoll's first ever draft pick. So 
uh, you know, that can always be a, a foundation to, to great things down the road. Oh, yeah. And then another player that I like the New York, for the New York Jets is Devin Smith, the wide receiver, Ohio State. Yes, yes, they did. I think that, you know, as national champions, I don't think they had anybody taken in the first round. So, you know, I was at the national championship game. So, you know, I love to see guys drafted who played in that game, obviously. And uh, so, yeah, that was a good pick, too. So uh, it's going to be great. Uh, You know, there's nothing like draft time, to say the least. It's, uh, you know, an amazing weekend and part of an overall amazing weekend and AP why don't we take our break our final break now but when we uh come back on the other side we'll talk about some of the amazing events of last weekend after the break your internet flagship station for sports sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and still on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, and my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing, which is a little easier than picking uh, for last weekend, which was one of the great sports weekends of the year. But for this weekend, it's just the continued NBA and NHL playoffs. Uh, You know, the second round in both leagues, uh, second round of the playoffs are, you know, we're into the game threes and fours now, and they're starting to take on their own personality, which is uh, always fun. Uh, so, again, great time of year, nonstop basketball, hockey, and also the Players' Championship could be interesting to watch as well. But AP, is a, speaking of interesting uh, and bizarre, uh, 
last Saturday night, the fight, and the and now the aftermath. You know, a lot's gone on in a week. What I said at the end of the first segment when I said it was the bizarre item of the week for me was, you know, and I watched it at a local sports bar, uh, which was packed, sold out, so to speak. It, you know, it was a good event, but it was a bad fight. Just that simple. I mean, you know, most interesting things I saw all, all night long were, you know, Clint Eastwood and Robert De Niro and, uh, you, you know, people like that walking into uh, the MGM and, of course, following Tom Brady's excellent adventure as he went to the Kentucky Derby, another great event. And then, of course, hopped on a Learjet with his buddies, you know, Gronk, Edelman, Amendola. And then was at the fight. He was clearly visible in like row three the entire fight, given the camera angle. Brady was. And he was, you know, seated close close to, if not beside, Bob Kraft. So, you know, the stars were out that night in L.A., in Las Vegas. And, you know, that to me was a whole lot more interesting than the fight, to put it mildly. Yeah, John, I think you just described the most fun that fans had watching that fight, probably. And then, the, as you said, the aftermath was much more uh, chilling and interesting and uh, than anything that was going on Saturday night. I mean, with Pacquiao's team, you know, disclosing afterwards that he had an injury to his shoulder that wasn't healed in April, uh, and requesting some painkillers before the fight. I mean, only in, in boxing, right? Only in boxing. Again, it's... It wasn't just a bizarre fight. It was, it's a bizarre sport, you know, and sad given what you and I grew up with, you know, I had just a weird moment when, you know, right before the fight, they kind of flashed on, you know, the, the rules, so to speak, and, you know, <laughs> counting 10, 10 counts and stuff like that. And it was like, it just hit me at that moment. I said, geez, I haven't watched a boxing match in like a couple of decades. Like I forgot about this stuff, which, you know, 20 years ago, I, and I'm guessing you and a lot of other people, had this stuff memorized. Memorized, you know, the rules of boxing and just how it all worked. I mean, it was just part of our lives, and that is just so far gone. And the aftermath has just been, you know, really ugly. I mean, you, you mentioned, of course, Pacquiao uh, disclosing he had an injury, which is, you know... Apparently, he had surgery in the last day or two, which was pronounced successful. And then, you know, it spurned lawsuits that are, you know, filed as class action lawsuits on behalf of all the people being duped, allegedly, for buying the fight. And, uh, you know, and then Mayweather first said he would do a rematch. And then, like, yesterday, he came out with some really ugly remarks and about Mayweather. Pacquiao said he wouldn't do a rematch and just, you know, the pay-per-view signal got screwed up. You know, it went out for a split second where I was watching and thank gosh it was only a split second because it would have gotten, I think, ugly. But in other places, apparently, it was really, you know, uh, a huge problem, including the Philippines. And I guess that's why the fight was delayed a half an hour. I didn't know it. I just figured, you know, fights always start late. They're like concerts. <laughs> right. <laughs> but right. You're at the mercy of the, of the artist. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. They can't get it right. As far as Pacquiao's shoulder, 
I mean, given the history of this, where we've all waited five years, clearly they're both past, both past their prime, but, you know, I can't even imagine what it would have been like had he disclosed the injury and the fight got called off. I mean, I, I just don't know what's worse. You know, neither are good, that's for sure. Yeah, the the, the uh, fight commission there, the athletic, Nevada Athletic Commission, they would have been... I mean, I don't know how they would resolve that situation if he disclosed it and all these people are lining up, jets are flying in, closing down the airport, all the people are showing up in Las Vegas. It would have been a fiasco. I don't think I've ever could have imagined. Correct. I mean, it's a fiasco now. It would have been a worse fiasco. And yeah, that might have literally like been the death knell for the sport, which... Wouldn't have been good for anybody. Uh, you know, the fact that he had surgery implies that it was legitimate, I guess. You know, but you know, and that's the saddest part of all. You know, you don't know what to believe. You really don't. No, uh, no. And, and John, you probably heard some of the boxers across the country. Some, I think George Foreman was one out. He said that this was a great thing for boxing, and I'm and I'm wondering. The fight was not very good, but yet you're saying this is a great thing for boxing. It'd be, I mean, could you imagine these people who are football fans and they had a flat Super Bowl and saying this is the greatest thing for football? Yeah, you know, I thought the, uh, the, the best description came from the noted philosopher Mike Tyson, who tweeted immediately after the fight. This, to me, just captured it so perfectly. You know, we waited five years for that. Hashtag underwhelmed. I thought that just covered it perfectly. Yeah, I think that was to the point, and, and it was accurate. 100% accurate. That's everybody I was with, including myself. That's exactly what we said, literally. And that's that was the pervasive, you know, thought process of, of just about everybody. Like we waited five years for that. Are, are you kidding me? Really? And uh, you know, leave it yeah, to Mike no. Tyson. To put it in print and Twitter, I thought it was great. I loved it. He, it was he captured yeah, it. Yeah, the fight the fight game is really lacking any pizzazz and you know something that can really turn people on. I mean, you know, there's no heavyweights that people talk about. I mean, when we were going up, John, I mean, everybody the heavyweight champion of the world. I mean, now you'd have to struggle to get ten people out of a hundred on on Main Street to answer that question. That's it. Well said. Perfectly said. When we were, you know, to take it a step further, it was the most important sports title in the world, bar none, when we were growing up. I mean, to say the least, that was the one that meant the most. So, yeah, it's sad. You know, it's just, uh, you know, if it's not crooked, it certainly looks like it's crooked. So it's just a, a bad, <laughs> it's a bad scene. I'm being kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't uh, put, you know, you just don't know what's going on in boxing. It's, it's the same old, same old. Exactly. And it's a bad, bad, same old. So AP, as always, great job today. Thank you so much for your perspective, especially from covering the draft last week in Chicago. And uh, appreciate your taking the time to call in, as usual. Well, well, thank you, John. really appreciate it. Look forward to next week. Me too, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. We'll be right back.